Hi, welcome to WWD Voices. My name is Arthur Zachwitz, Executive Editor at WWD. Today we have a special guest, uh, Adjunct Professor in the Fashion Merchandising Marketing Department at LIM College and co-founder and COO of the fashion tech startup Beyond the Runway, Deborah Metz. Deborah, welcome. Before we get into uh, you, know, you, you introducing our panelists, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the company. Yes, thank you so much, Arthur. I'm Deborah Metz. It's such a privilege to be here with WWD, of course, with our alumni and students. And so I am a adjunct professor, as you mentioned, a fashion executive and a co-founder of Beyond the Runway. So what we do at Beyond the Runway is AI-based fashion um, fit tech for luxury retailers. So we have a technology that rolls out onto websites so that the customer can really integrate and try on clothing in 3D on their actual body shape and get their exact size. So we're really pushing forward kind of the use of technology in e-commerce and retail. Great. Now, uh, Deborah, can you just introduce our, our participants today? Yeah. So before we dig in, um, we are so thankful to have Lily, Chloe, and Shan here as our students. And then we have Anna Benadruti, who is a um, astute alumni and recent recipient of our Distinguished Alumni Award from LAM College. Anna, welcome. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Arthur. This is just a great honor to be here. I'm really excited today to talk to all of you. All right, guys. So let's just let's dig right in here. A few years ago, you probably would not have been able to convince most of us that we'd even be sitting here having this conversation to this level about fashion and tech. But here we are. So in a post pandemic world, the traditional fashion and retail approaches really were halted. And we have seen the industry take a giant leap forward in becoming more synonymous with tech than ever. I mean, Last week in New York, we had AI Fashion Week. We're looking at AR, VR dressing rooms. I mentioned that I am in the fit tech space. We have Web3-driven hybrid experiences, virtual goods in the metaverse, you name it. In fact, in just the last year, we've seen some of the most unexpected pairings of fashion and tech companies ever. So if you're familiar, you know that Gucci and Roblox are now in huge partnerships with the Gucci Garden Experience and beyond. We've seen examples like Tiffany's, very established luxury company working with CryptoPunks, an NFT OG in the industry. So this is really expanding what it means to be in fashion and to be a professional in fashion. And as a reflection of that LM College, we are seizing the opportunity to get students ready for this growing fashion tech space by offering courses like fashion in the metaverse, fashion technology. These are courses that I have had the privilege of teaching over the past three years, but enough about me. I really want to hear a little bit from our students. And if you could each just introduce yourselves and give us a little bit of background about each of you, that'd be awesome. Let's start with Lily. Hi, my name is Lily Runacres. I am a junior currently at LIM College and I am studying to earn my bachelor's degree in fashion merchandising from the school and yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I've taken a few classes that um, kind of focus on the background side of how tech can be used um, to create different clothing lines, and I'm excited to contribute. Amazing. Chloe? Hi, my name is Chloe Schmidbauer. I am a sophomore at LM College pursuing my bachelor's degree in fashion media. Um, 
Clearly, I have a bit of interest in technology with my degree being specifically in media. And so I have been an intern for social media marketing, among other things. So I've really used technology to my advantage. And um, I'm so happy to contribute to this podcast today. Thank you, Cheyenne. Hi, my name is Cheyenne Monica. I'm a junior here at LIM College. Uh, my major is in fashion merchandising. And I've always been in love with fashion and basically how it low-key taps into every market and it's how it's so impactful. And just like everybody else, I'm really happy to be here and have this conversation today. Yeah, so you 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 all three are really representing the future of this industry and how LIM is cultivating that future in our young professionals. But we also have, again, the privilege of having Anna Benadrudi on the call. Now, Anna, you have a track record, uh, quite an impressive track record in the corporate fashion space. Obviously, you're an alumni, so we love that. But you have 15 plus years of combined experience in buying, customer acquisition, marketing analytics, digital strategy with several established companies, but most recently with Belk. So all of you probably know Belk, but just to give you a little bit of background, this company is over 100 years old, over 200 plus stores domestically. Last year alone, according to Statista, we saw that Belk generated about $3 billion in total revenue with 500 million of that being in online sales. So bravo to you, Anna, that is your area. Um, and so really would love to hear a little bit more about your role as vice president of digital marketing and kind of what that means in this burgeoning fashion tech space. Yes, uh, for sure. So excited to talk to you guys today. Um, it, I really have been very fortunate um, from my start at LIM um, and really being able to just uh, take courses that have actually helped me every single day in my career. That is one of the most unique and I think one of the best beneficial things that LIM has to offer. Um, so being able to just already dig into your career when you're a student is just a great honor. And then the internships. I had some great internships that really led me to have one, a full resume when I graduated college, which was amazing um, to have a, a, just a foot through in the door, but just that experience, that that work experience and that classroom experience to get me prepared for my career. Um, as you as you mentioned, um, I haven't had the most traditional linear career to VP of marketing. Um, right. And, <laughs> and I always laugh because I sat through so many different speakers. And one of the questions you always hear is, you know, how did you get to your career? Where did you go? What happened? And you hear so many people say, oh, you know, if you get tapped on the shoulder, make sure you listen and you and and you pay attention and it could be a great move for you. And I can't tell you how many of my um, promotions and, and many of my um, experiences have been those taps on the shoulder. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm really super appreciative and grateful for those moments. I have had the privilege of working in size analytics and customer analytics and there technology is at the forefront. Um, you know, the tools that you use, the uh, analytics that you perform, and the space in, in total is just the way you're looking at the customer, the demographics of the customer, the experiences of the customer, the, the culture, the demographics of where the customer lives, what is she buying, what is she wearing, what is she using for her entire family, and then how does that incorporate? When we looked at size analytics, it mm -hmm. was, you know, how could the buyers use this information to buy the product? And then right. how can the planners use this information to actually plan um, to allocate to the stores? 
uh, within customer analytics, um, the, the interaction of the customer with the website uh, and how she's engaging with the website. What product is she choosing? How is she getting to that conversion and to that end of the mm -hmm. funnel? Um, and like you mentioned, you know, the pandemic, you know, had was associated with so many bad things, but from a retail perspective, it really pushed us yeah. forward so quickly. Um, we did, especially at Belk, we achieved so many of our goals that we had attained, that we had set forth for ourselves for a three-year plan in that one year of 2020. And that was just not, not just from a sales perspective, but just from the growth of technology. Uh, we rolled out curbside um, to our customers within I want to say almost less than three weeks of closing oh, wow. stores. We went from full fulfillment of our stores to our customers. Uh, we we just moved really really quickly and made simple changes and made changes quickly as a team to simplify so that the customer can get what she needed very very quickly. And so really exciting time to be part of that space. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned analytics and really gave us a great view of that because when we think about fashion tech, a lot of folks want to focus on the hottest, newest things, AR, VR, which are great. But what they don't realize is that fashion tech is not new per se. There is tech in AI, which really analytics are AI, right? So looking at all this data, you know, thousands and thousands of bits of data that are really driving your decision making and driving your ability to 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 strategize for Belk. And also taking that kind of tech piece out from behind the curtain of just being a buyer or just being, and like having it public facing. So even you mentioned curbside. So buy online, you know, pick up at the curb there. That is fashion tech. That is literally having another form of retail and the customer journey that is tech driven. And it's impressive, you know, that that Belk, as long as Belk has been around, has made it through this this journey. So I'm, I'm curious, I know coming from my background of Macy's and Bloomingdale's and companies that have been around for a while, you get a lot of interesting pushback and it's a good challenge, but it can also be, you know, it can be challenging. So what, you know, have you seen as the most challenging thing in this whole tech-driven market that is fairly new at Belk that you've had to kind of overcome? So it is really exciting. We're about to celebrate our 135th birthday. Um, so super this fall, so super excited about that. And just to think about, you know, being a, a Southern regional retailer and so very specific, very niche, uh, but, you know, with with the involvement of Belt.com, being able to expand and speak to our customer nationally, um, I, the challenges has has really been about uh, just getting, uh, just moving quickly. The uh, moving quickly, I think, has been one of the biggest things. Um, getting to that customer, making her understand who we are and what we still stand for, um, and then really driving towards personalization. We, mm -hmm. we want to make that unique experience for each customer so that she feels when she's um, on belt.com, it's truly att attainable for her and what she's looking for. So that has been a huge focus for us and things that we're working on you know, this year through all of our spaces, through our e-commerce space, through the digital merchandising space, through my digital marketing space. We're mm -hmm. figuring out ways to speak to the customer that really attract her to come to our site to come to our store um we know that you know during the pandemic she really took a seat 
a step back from coming into the store. So now that she's re-engaging in the store, making her excited to be there, excited to shop again and use those technologies that are now available to her that weren't just three, four years ago. Um, yeah. So like you said, through, through that curbside uh, experience, which she's definitely loving uh, through the quickness of shipping as well, all the different modes of being able to get her, her merchandise to the door. Um, and then the different ways of her being able to shop, uh, whether it's through a desktop or the mobile app or coming to the store. Um, she just has so many more things available to her that in the past had been more of a challenge or maybe she was a little bit more afraid of that she's now more open to. Anna, yeah. I have a question. Sorry, sorry. Um, real quick, have you seen uh, digital sales kind of, I'm sure it peaked during the pandemic and then it's, it's leveled out, right? But it's still above, you know, pre-pandemic levels? Correct. Um, so we definitely, we peaked um, in 2020, but we've stayed pretty consistent with, we've hovered uh, what we peaked at in 2020 over the last few years. And we continuing to, to maintain that year over year, which is really just been great. And that was something that, you know, we worked so hard on. And like I said before, it was, we surpassed what we had wanted to in, in, from a three-year um, plan in that one year. And we've been able to just continue to evolve that, increase those technologies to help there. Um, something that Deborah mentioned before, we have some technology on our website that does styling options. Um, so as the customer is going through different products, she can see different styling availabilities to complete her look. Um, so just really continuing to incorporate those technologies um, and to keep that that belt.com, um, that online experience for her. And, and how important is it to, that the you know, online experience matches the, the expectations when they go in the store and vice versa? Does it, it has to be kind of the same, right? And whether you're shopping online. A lot of it is similar, but we do offer some extended and expanded assortments online um, through through dropship. So we have a, a, a really large dropship business, which is the vendor um, vendor owned inventory business. Um, mm -hmm. So that gives us the ability to offer extended sizes, extended colors, extended products that may be um, things that could be really large um, for in store. So things like furniture and rugs and things like that, we do offer on belt.com where the stores have more of a limited inventory in those products. So there are a couple of differences, but the aesthetic and the brand that look and feel is going to be the same between both. Yeah, and I mean, your work shows for itself. We, again, just reading up before this this discussion on Belk and the numbers are astronomically impressive with 60% traffic increase, which is well above average what any retailers are seeing in store. And so the strategy of digital and in store and just having that all be one omni approach definitely shows. So bravo to you there. Um, and you mentioned speed. Speed, I heard you say a couple times as being a really big part of success when it comes to responding to the market now, particularly as a fashion tech market. And so, you know, five years ago, fashion wasn't really viewed as a high tech, fast business necessarily relative to names like Google and Amazon and Twitter and Apple. But again, the pandemic has driven and forced us to act quickly and to change our pace and to really step it up when it comes to building out e-commerce and other innovations in store, online, in the metaverse, you name it. So I want to turn the attention really quickly again to our students and ask each of you 
you know, just based on what we've talked about so far, if you could just comment on your own ideas of how you've seen technology really start to to matter differently in the fashion space and what you expect to encounter as you go into the professional world in the next year or two. Um, so for me, I feel like fashion and tech have always been together. It's just been a distant relationship. For example, um, the reason why Google Images started in the first place was because JLo wore that uh, Versace dress back in the early 2000s. Everybody, yes. wants see, everybody wants to know, what is that? What's going on? Da, 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 da. It was a very beautiful dress and people could not stop thinking about it. Even till this day, it's still referenced. So mm-hmm. it just transitioned from a thing where you just wanted to see something to now it they married together and work together. And I always think that it's going to immerse even more. There are going to be so many other things. When I was a kid, I had a T-shirt that had a Velcro strap and there was a guitar amplifier. So if I touched it, it would make a guitar sound. I definitely got in trouble for that in school. Um, in class, but that's okay. Um, but with that back in like, I don't even, I can't remember what grade, but probably like 10 years ago, like mm-hmm. having all that there, it was already set in stone, but nobody thought about how for how much further it can go. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, the way everything's going with, like you said, NY AI Fashion Week, and then we also have during a pandemic where there were like the clothes were walking themselves and you've seen the folds as if a person was actually wearing them. That's right. like very important. And I know in the next five years, it's probably going to evolve to where we're not even thinking about it. And with the metaverse already having places in hold of, um, virtual brick and mortar shops. There's just gonna keep going more and more and more. So yeah, I feel like the next five years, there's gonna be something that we really didn't think about or something that was glossed over or an idea advanced in a way that we can't go back. Yeah, I would agree. A lot of what you just said is, you know, okay, this isn't necessarily surprising, but we're seeing this tech come out of an existing need that was always there under the surface. We've just figured out better ways to translate it to the customer experience, which I think is really, really cool. So yes. What about some other some comments here? So for me, um, I feel like that we're going to see, I mean, we're already seeing like a huge shift in the creative side of fashion when it comes to um, technology. So for example, even just yesterday, a shoot with Bell Hadid came out where the entire shoot was creative directed by AI and the background was fully AI. It was just her as like almost a cutout in an AI background. So it's going to be interesting to see how, I mean, technology is great, but it can also be like kind of terrifying. And there was a specific part of even the caption where it was saying that an entire creative team was replaced by AI. So I think in that realm, we're going to see a big switch and um, it's going to be really interesting. And especially like for me working in media, um, I use AI almost every, actually I do use it every single week. We have weekly AI meetings to see what we can use to uh better ourselves and better our time management skills. So I can find influencers with literally just a tap of a button now. So yeah, I think that's that's all I was gonna say. (laughs) No, that's great, that's great. Lily. Yeah, I think we're in such an interesting time in fashion, especially when you look at it from a technology standpoint. I think of world events, like with the pandemic, everyone was forced to be at home, so they, turned to online spaces, which really accelerated how fashion and technology integrated, which is, I think, what Anna was talking about. And 
something that I love about fashion is it always seems to be like pushing the envelope and kind of, you know, doing something that other industries maybe aren't doing. So when it mixes with tech and things like AI and virtual spaces and even the Gucci and um, Roblox spaces, just creating clothing that is purely virtual, the design can go so much further. But I always kind of think about how people would invest in that when it's not something you can actually wear. I know in my sustainability class, we talked a lot about how um, like hyper and overconsumption is really bad for the planet. So I think that mixing it with technology where people can wear a virtual outfit and kind of cut down on that waste is a really exciting way that technology can kind of help with, you know, greater problems within the fashion industry. But I think it's a very exciting time, especially as a student. I've been learning so much more about how data-driven fashion is becoming. It's less about, you know, a dream or a feeling and kind of more about looking at hard numbers, which is not something I really thought of before I became a fashion student. So I think there's a lot to it that is really exciting. I would agree. And I would say I'm going to age myself a little bit here. But when I was a fashion student in undergrad, the coolest thing that I did after my senior year was getting recruited by Abercrombie and Finch to to open stores in the southeast and do visual merchandise planning, and then um, so very hands on, very literal. And then from there went into e commerce, and then eventually started my own company here. But to to put all bring all that back together, you mentioned the digital economy, you mentioned digital goods markets, and just the viability and the necessity of having the space continuing to develop because we are known as an industry for being somewhat wasteful, right? So this is not a fleeting thing. This tech development and this continual emergence is something that every single company, whether they want to or not, is going to have to get on board with in terms of putting it into their strategy, much like you have done, Anna. And so I'm wondering, as we have students and alumni and we've got distinguished uh, professionals here, what advice would you give our students that are going into the market now that you know, maybe you wish someone had told you, but also in relevance to tech being even more in demand in terms of their skill set. I think the most important thing is just to keep learning. Always, always educate yourself. Um, LIM offers some great um, studies that you can do now. You can further your education through your master's, but just continuing to learn. Myself and my team, we're learning every day. We're using in media. We're using platforms like Google, like Meta, um, all different types of tools. They're changing their technology faster than you can blink your eyes. They're changing their algorithms. We need to know that. We need to understand that technology. We need to be experts in that technology. Uh, one of the things I always explain to people is um, we don't just put pretty pictures on the website or on the internet for someone to buy merchandise. Um, we actually, we are in the numbers all day long. We're using all different platforms and technology and, and tools in order to understand what the customer is actually clicking on, what content works for the customer, uh, what influencers do they want to see, what, what kind of authentic pieces, how can we speak to the customer? So much of marketing 
is not just the pictures of the content, it's the what's behind the scenes. And so we're constantly learning and educating and working with our partners across all of these different technologies and these different platforms within the marketing space to always learn and see what we could do better. How can we connect the pieces? How can we see um, all the pieces that the customer, her entire path, right? The customer can click through an email or she can go directly to the website or she can search on Google and find the products. We need to understand that entire path to purchase and that's always evolving, it's always changing, it's always um, becoming bigger, faster, um, just so much information um, that you can, analysis paralysis for sure, uh, but always continuing to learn and teach yourself and take classes and webinars and um, use different learning tools and reading and um, through publications and just podcasts like this, just to learn from your peers and um, different different people in, your, in the industry, uh, to, just to continue learning because the space is moving so, so quickly and we need to stay on top of it so that we can speak to our consumers. And um, I have a question. You know, you mentioned speed, the importance of speed, and uh, especially during the pandemic, you know, you were very nimble as a company. But what, what about on a day to day? Are you like, are you doing A/B testing in real time on certain pages or features or products? Like, how does that work? Are you doing is it, is it real time? I guess like the analysis and the actions uh, that you yes, take? yes, for sure. Um, on a day to day, especially both from a website perspective, um, A-B testing, A-B testing within emails, but also within the marketing space. Uh, my team and I are working with our agency partners. We're looking at our data on a daily basis to see what worked, what didn't work, where could we put more dollars, where's the customer reacting to. And then we're looking at different tactics within marketing within each of our platforms, understand where the customer navigating and where we should push more dollars or less dollars based on their um, based on their reaction to our, our product, our content. And we're, so we're testing, uh, we're testing into new tactics, but we're also uh, looking at the performance of the business on a daily basis and making reactions every single day. So it's very nimble. We never stick to just a plan for the month and just, okay, whatever happens, happens. No, we're moving things every single day and staying very liquid. So for the students here, just um, maybe 20 years ago, 30, yeah, maybe even less 20 years ago, let's say, you know, there'd be things called, you know, what a planogram is, right? And and you'd have the set, you know, for that season <laughs> and that you couldn't really change it. Like if you were getting stuck with inventory or didn't have the right sizes, you're like, you know, you just had to deal with it, uh, which is completely different than how things work now, right? 100%. You <laughs> took me back, Arthur, when you said planogram. I just had a PTSD flashback to <laughs> early retail days of static uh, execution from those planning. So thanks for that little memory unlocked that you gave us there. <laughs> but what I'm hearing is curiosity because a lot, you know, I was in school and you were in school. We, we studied really hard. We did all the classes, but at the end of the day, we have to get into the spaces that we are in now and be willing to have that knowledge, but be curious to ask questions. And I would say that for our students now, especially right now, as I tell my students this all the time, you're in a space where your curiosity is your biggest strength. You don't have to know it all, but come with what you do have and be willing to learn. So even at a VP level, I'm sure, Anna, that you have to be malleable, you know, to, to new things. And so as we kind of like wrap up the conversation, I know that you guys as students already 
commented a bit on this. I'm going to change the question from, you know, what do you expect to see in the next five years in fashion and tech to what do you want to see in terms of innovation and experiences, whether that's in-store, whether that's online, maybe even it's an area that you want to specialize in. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot and, and, and just kind of get your feedback on that from each of you. So for me, I would say I'm really big with like body inclusion and the, pan the pandemic took a little bit of a toll on my body, but we love her. We accept her. And so it's been hard for me to figure out like what clothes now look good on me because what happened, what I would wear four years ago doesn't fit my now almost 23 year old body. And there are methods and ways of using AI to try on clothing before I even buy it. And that is something that really has helped me. And I would love to see even more of that be implemented because it's one thing to be able to go on a website and change the model to see a model that's a size 10 rather than a size zero. And I would love for it to be that I could literally put a photo of myself in almost like a clueless type of moment and have the clothes tried onto myself. And for like my styling class, even now we have, we're using an app where um, I can style a celebrity and I can actually style all these pieces that I would not have access to because of my student budget. Um, and I can style it on the celebrity to see if it matches their color palette, if it matches their body type and everything like that. So that's something I would love to see be implemented more. I think it would be really beneficial to the average consumer, but also like stylists and creative directors, costume designers, um, among other things. Hey, what, what the, uh, celebrities do you choose? Uh, I like, uh, I've done Sabrina Carpenter. I love her very girly style with the platform heels. Uh, Taylor Swift, she has kind of gone out of her, I feel like, good girl era and now experiments more with style. And um, who was the other one I did? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Harry Styles. Um, I feel like he is really interesting as a uh, male fashion icon. Some people ran him as. It's really interesting to see a man come onto a red carpet in something other than just a suit and tie. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, I feel like my mind definitely went in a different direction. I kind of went more thinking towards circularity and being able to track a garment. Um, I think there's such a big push in the industry right now for, um, like consumer conscious buying and more sustainability and people really want ethical products and clean products. And I know, especially since the pandemic, that's been a really big thing for me and just being a lot more conscious with where I spend my money, um, especially on the student budget, as Chloe pointed out. <laughs> so I would love to see, um, you know, brands kind of taking that on and putting tracking and you can see the whole production from where the textiles were harvested and produced and, you know, tracking impact like that. And then eventually, you know, down the road, we can see a more circular and like closed loop production cycle. I think that's very promising. And some brands are working towards that already, which is really exciting. And, and yeah. technology plays a role in that, right? So, you know, yeah, there's companies definitely. that are getting into resale, right? Which is more a sustainable practice. You talked about overconsumption. So uh, Sam uh, Edelman and North Face, they're using this company called Archive to, um, you know, sell like peer-to-peer -peer selling. It's a peer-to-peer -peer selling platform and it keeps growing, right? So that, that technology plays a role, you know, in uh, the resale market. Uh, and you mentioned, well, we mentioned Fit, right? So Fit technology also reduces 
the, the amount of waste uh, that's in the market, right? The, the, the number of returns in the market goes down because people are not, you know, uh, returning goods, which most of it ends up in a landfill. So, you know, it's integrated, you know, technology, fashion, and, and sustainability, I think, is heading in a direction that's, um, you know, arm in arm locked for a better future. So that's what I, that's my opinion, my humble yeah. opinion. I think they're really closely related. I think you can't really have one without the other. And I just think it's really exciting how far we can go with integrating technology and fashion um, to really put a focus on sustainability, you know, like data tracking through which is technology and, you know, um, tracking outputs and stuff of chemicals and environmental impact is all going to be used through technology. And as you mentioned, fit, so less returns and the resale has already been such a huge thing, I think, through COVID and, you know, money conscious people um, and archival work and such a heavy emphasis on vintage clothing and being able to track that. It's there's dozens of way tech, ways technology can be integrated. So I think it's really exciting. Yeah, I think transparency is is a theme that I'm hearing from you guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's sustainability wise, whether that's looking at, okay, what is the actual average size of, of the client out there? You know, not what we project, but transparency and the consumer journey demands it. You guys demand it as upcoming, you know, fashion executives and technology allows us to do it better. So, yes, this is these are all great, great, great insights. Shan. Yeah, um, funny that uh, Arthur mentions Sam Edelman. Um, I'm actually their intern. I just got the news the other day. So I'm going to be interning with them. Thank you for the summer. And before like, I even got to office, I asked about their sustainability uh, efforts. And they're actually having a re-love program, which I feel like it's very important to have and that it also could coincide with AI. Uh, as you know, probably there's many brands that are having a relove program, even though it may not be under that name, it is under that umbrella. Like H&M um, in 2020, when they said, if you donate your clothes, it could turn into something else. There was this whole billboard in New York where a pair of socks went through a machine and came out a sweater. So with that, I think AI is definitely helpful with knowing how to turn certain pieces. Or maybe it could get to that where you could put in the garments, um, content of whether it's cotton and this and maybe other fabrication details and it could essentially create an idea of what this garment could turn into what this product could turn into i think later on like in the future it'll probably be even more um integrated in a way where what's it called in a way where you can't really how do you say it? Sorry, I'm trying to make sure I say it correctly. Um, <laughs> in a way where you can't like think without it. By that, I'm saying if you in the workroom being um, a fashion designer, you're probably going to look up some AI things of like pattern pieces or how to work with it. And I feel like that's what LIM does as well is teaching you how to work with things and not just go not avoid it. So some people are afraid of AI because, as mentioned before, it is taken away from jobs in a certain aspect, but it could also help. And I think later on in the future, I want to see, like everybody said, more um, inclusivity and diversity. And by that, I mean uh, inclusivity with who knows the information, who knows the effects of it. I know for me, I know all the things that I'm aware of about fashion and AI because I'm in school and this is my circle. 
But outside of that, I have friends who don't know, and I'm always educating them. Because when you know something, you should share the information that you know. But the information should be equally equally spread across different, um, what's it called, demographics. Should equally be spread across different demographics or whatever may have you. Because a psychology student should know the same as a fashion student in terms of what's going to affect the world. It shouldn't be a niche market thing we have to go searching. So that's something that I really want to happen is that more people know about the effects and the um the effects and the standards and what could happen, all the possibilities without having to go search for it, that like it's right there. And I think AI is just very smart with what it can do and the possibilities that it comes along with. Yeah, so essentially just more knowledge um, should be available for everybody at an equal rate. Like even if Google were to make their Google logo something AI generated or anything like that, just to educate or maybe like a little game, there's so many different things that just to brighten knowledge of everybody. I am so humbled by what you just said. And all, all the our three students here, you guys are so smart. I think this is going to be such a bright future for all three of you. And it's going to be better for the industry. Um, I'm just humbled. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. Thank you each for sharing your opinion. And thank you so much, Anna, for just giving us your kind of senior perspective on what's happening and what's what's ahead. Arthur, thank you for having us along with the WWD, WWD team. And I will turn the final comment back to you if you have anything else to add. No, thank you so much for uh, listening today, WWD Voices listeners. Uh, I hope you found this as uh, amazing and interesting as I did. And we'll see you next time. Thank you all for attending. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.